0: Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mac. I am Tammy Mac and it's Friday. And the Business of Being Black is the Federal Reserve's fight against inflation and its impact on the Black community. Also, why the Idaho and Texas GOP are putting measures in place to declare that President Joe Biden's presidency win was illegitimate. And the new anguish felt by parents and families in Uvalde, Texas, following the the release of never-before-seen footage, plus a new viral challenge has a lot of parents... In an uproar, get ready for a round of political and trending highlights of the week with our Friday guest. Please welcome activist and radio personality, Dominique De Prima. Hi, Dominique. What's up, Tammy Mack? Political analyst Ed Sanders is here. Hey, Ed. Good to see you. Comedian and filmmaker, Alicia Cooper. Hi, Alicia. Hey, Tammy.
1: Happy Friday. Hey.
0: And the president and founder of Oleka Management Consulting, Dr. OJ Oleka, is with us today. Hi, Dr. Oleka. Hey, Tammy Mac. Let's get right down to the business of being Black. So the Federal Reserve has signaled that another 75 basis point rate hike could be on the table during the next Federal Open Market Committee meeting, which happens later this month. Now, experts project that the Federal Reserve System is likely to continue raising rates after its July meeting due to the inflation expectations projection. There could be several rate hikes to come in the year and into 2023. What could be the consequences of a hike of this magnitude, Ed?
2: Uh, you know, obviously, we're we're deeply concerned with the the cost of goods going up, and you know, for for working families and and those raising kids and and you know, just making it by, uh, the cost is going up, and and. Raising interest rates will tend to, we hope, slow the inflation. I mean, we hope that it slows uh, people by spending. Um, you know, ultimately, the the size of the rate increase is significant. Three 75 percent or, or 75 basis points is a large jump. Um, and it just it, it, it lets you know that the economy is overheating and that the government is probably going to have to take some drastic measures. Um, hopefully the measures that they take don't have a ripple effect of causing more pain on, on
3: everyday folks.
0: It would be harsh, Ed. Uh, It would be harsh, Ed. Dr. Oleka.
3: Well, the government has already done the ripple effect that caused this problem in the first place. Last year, you had the Biden administration and the Democrats in Congress who passed a partisan bill. No Republicans supported it. That put a ton of money into the economy. Inflation happens when the money supply outraces the production of goods. Basically, you got more money out there than people are willing to buy stuff. So as a result, you have all these problems that we've got now when you raise interest rates, that makes it effectively more expensive to do business. So ideally, uh, things will start to calm down. But again, this is a problem that for the most part is uh, the problem of the Democrats of the Biden administration for ignoring their own economists who said not to increase spending. They did it anyway. And now the American people are paying the price.
1: Mm, Alicia. It would be nice if the uh, rich paid their fair share. Because when stuff like this happens, it always hits the poor and the middle class the hardest. And um, people don't really care about abortions and guns as much as they care about the economy. So I'm just hoping that we can get this ship right at at some point, because this is bad news for people who are already struggling.
0: Yeah, you have to remember that a lot of people lost their jobs during this pandemic because... And, and, who if... I don't know what's really happening out here, because to be honest, everywhere I go, they are low on staff. I'm trying to figure out what that is about. Dominique?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about real impacts. And of course, I don't agree with Dr. Oleka. We don't know. It's not an exact science why the economy is overheating, why we have inflation right now. Um, But one thing that I do think uh, the 45th president did right, which he also did Uh, right along with Joe Biden, was rescuing people. When we're in a pandemic, when people can't pay their bills, when they can't go outside, they can't go to their job, you don't just leave them to starve. You have to put stimulus out there. Now, that may be contributing to inflation, as is the supply chain problem, as is the war in Ukraine. But what we could see is we could see, and probably will see it harder and harder, to buy a home. Uh, for black Americans, for young people coming out of college or getting, you know, tr- getting ready to buy their first home because money gets more expensive, loans get more expensive. And of course, that's the main generation- generator of wealth in our community is home ownership. So for African Americans in particular, this could be problematic, but uh, they've got to do everything they can to try to get the economy uh, under control.
0: Yeah. The Idaho Republican Party is considering 31 resolutions at their three day convention, which started yesterday, um, including one already adopted by Texas Republicans, that President Joe Biden is not the legitimate president of the United States. Has the Republican Party gotten so caught up in conspiracy theories that they have not been able to function as a meaningful political party, Dr. Oleka?
3: Well, this is one of those stories that the national media likes to pick up on and try to create a narrative out of it. Let me answer your question directly. The Republican Party is a major party in the United States. It's actually kind of laughable that the national media would ask this question. The Republican Party has a majority of governorships across the country. The Republican Party has a majority of state legislatures across the country. And in terms of state governments that are completely controlled in terms of their state legislature and their governor, Republicans have more than Democrats. So when you actually look at what voters have determined outside of Uh, the federal level, they seem to care a whole lot about Republicans and the Republican interest. And I think after this fall, we will see Republicans take control of the House and the Senate. And after 2024, we'll take control of the presidency When people will look back on what state parties are doing uh, like they don't matter because nationally and to states across the country, uh, they do not.
0: Dominique, I kind of believe Dr. Oleka there.
4: I'm going, I'm waiting for the ha. -ha -ha -ha. Then we'll take the White House and next the world. I mean, yeah, we know Republicans have Outsized influence, meaning because of gerrymandering, because the way they've cheated and stolen seats on the Supreme Court, because of the way our government is structured with two uh, senators apiece per state, no matter how many folks you actually have there to represent, that the, de- that the Republicans have more power than they should, according to the number of people registered as Republicans in this country. That said, Dr. Oleka's right, they are a major party. They do control the Supreme Court. I think what's happening in Texas um, and these far right extremists and even white supremacist ideologies that have entered The Republican Party are now the mainstream of the Republican Party. I have to agree with Ed. The Republican Party has become the party of white supremacy. So the fact that they have this outside power, that they are um, in control of so many state houses where they're changing the rules to make it so that they can be in in power forever is very concerning.
0: Dr. O'Leka, do you think that's concerning that one party be in control of America?
3: Well, one, I think it's not true that the Republican Party is a white supremacist party. We won more seats in the 2020 election because we elected more people of color and more women. We were supposed to lose 25 seats and we gained 15. And it was explicitly because we went out and found more people who look like the country and they got elected. So the idea that this is a white supremacist party is silly. And also, I, I think it's fascinating that you have somebody who would rather support the Democrats and the Republicans complaining about one party rule. The Democrats control the White House, they control the House, and they control the Senate. And what have we seen since that control? Record inflation, record gas prices, the world has run amok in terms of war in, in Europe. Joe Biden has no idea what he's doing. The American people have lost all faith in institutions and the Democrats. So if Democrat control is what we're seeing, then we certainly need Republicans to take control of this country and provide some leadership in the world. That'd be a welcome change.
4: I wasn't complaining about one party rule, although I don't believe in that. I was complaining about the rise of fascism and white supremacy in our country, gerrymandering, cheating, and stealing our way forward. That's what I was complaining about.
3: Again, I, I just I think it's fascinating that we're saying that Republicans are cheating when they win fair elections across the country in state legislatures that put them in a position to then make the rules for those state legislatures for a decade to come. Again, so our soulmates understand. If you're able to control the legislative process in your state uh, legislature, for most states, you have to be in control for at least a decade or at least win the election right before the decade changes. Because Republicans have done that, it's because Democrats didn't provide the results that the people in their states wanted. That's not a Republican problem. That's a problem for Democrats.
0: Alicia. You know,
2: what I think we're talking about, though, is the platform in Idaho and Texas, which, which, you know, ultimately is divisive. Um, you know, if you're stressing that one party or that the president is illegitimate, you're really building off of a lot of what we heard once President Obama was elected, that he was illegitimate. And a lot of those claims were rooted in his race. Uh, Most of those claims were rooted in his race. Um, To Dominique's point, the Republican Party had an incredibly hard, difficult time, and in a lot of cases, did not accept President Obama as President of the United States simply because he was black, and what you're hearing now is sort of a continuation of that. Um, they're building on it in Idaho, Texas. The idea that that a democratically elected uh, president is illegitimate is only sowing seeds of, of dissension and, and
1: separation in this country.
0: Have to agree with that, Alicia.
1: I need our soulmates to understand that all white supremacists aren't white, and for the Republican uh, Party that's considering all this craziness uh, because they say that Joe Biden isn't the legitimate president. Well, if he wasn't the legitimate president, he's the president now. So it's time to move on. Is that what you got?
0: It's time to move on. (laughs) We're like two years in. Two whole years in. It's time to move on. (laughs) It's time for them to move on. Dr. Oleka, what do you think about uh, this Texas and Idaho uh, trying to declare him uh, illegitimate?
3: Well, I don't think much about it. And again, state parties have all kinds of resolutions all the time. State parties are not the ones who go to the ballot box. State parties oftentimes don't get involved in primaries, which is where nominees are chosen. Uh, we had the Republican Party of Kentucky censure Mitch McConnell because he didn't like Trump enough. McConnell hasn't lost any power in Kentucky. So these the way that these things work across states are very different. Idaho and Texas, I don't think it's going to make uh, that big of a difference.
0: All right. Well, we'll come back and talk about Texas even more on the business of being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being Black today are the political trending and highlights of the week. On Tuesday, John Bolton, a former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations and Donald Trump's former national security advisor, said he was involved in planning attempted coups in foreign countries. Bolton weighed in on why he thought Trump's attempt to overturn the election results and insight an insurrection didn't constitute a coup by proudly admitting he had worked on orchestrating some himself. Well, how do we feel about this, Dr. Oleka?
3: Well, we don't feel good. I mean, I I mentioned uh, one senator from Kentucky, Mitch McConnell, uh, last segment. I'll mention the other one this segment. Senator Paul has always been concerned about John Bolton and the streak that does exist in the Republican Party uh, having an interest in getting involved internationally when we don't necessarily need to. This goes back to Eisenhower. He did a lot of these things uh, as well in the 1950s. So this is incredibly concerning. Uh, It's interesting that he would uh, get involved in this type of conversation in this particular discussion right now. Uh, But people like John Bolton are concerning when they have a a whole lot of control within the government.
0: Listen, I think everybody's just saying what they mean right now. Trump has definitely produced uh, that out of uh, the Republican Party or even a certain side of the fence, if you will. I think people say what they mean and mean what they say and and could care less about the consequences because there have been none, frankly, in my own personal opinion. Dominique, what do you have to say about Bolton's carelessly admitting to uh, his abuse of power?
4: I mean, he clearly said the quiet part out loud, Tammy. Maybe you're right. Maybe they just don't care anymore. I always feel like they just get a little loose lip and don't realize what they admitted to until later. Um, but this country does. No, I don't think
0: they care anymore. I mean, because there have not been any consequences when when anybody these days is especially in particularly white people uh, in power, say the quiet part out loud. There have been zero consequences. So why should why should they care?
4: But I mean, it's true um, what Dr. Has said that this country has a history of regime change in other countries. Uh, whether it's overt or covert backing uh, the overthrow of democratically elected or chosen regimes, Well, you know, whether it be Chile or throughout Latin America, all through Africa, and who knows what, uh, which coup is it Venezuela, what is it that Bolton was referring to, but it's highly problematic. And these are always uh, covert. So they're not really sanctioned by the American people, even though we're forced to pay for the undermining of democracies and the bossing around and destabilization of other governments across the country when we need to be focused on home.
0: It.
2: Yeah, it, it it it's definitely an airing of some dirty laundry, right? And and you know, I think we go through this myth of of how we as American citizens see the United States, right? And and we like to see it as this innocent country, this beacon of hope, and um, you know, we are the the bearers of justice to the world. And you know, when when you realize and statements like what you heard from Bolton lay out that that we haven't always been that. Uh, You know, I think every seventh grader in this country can tell you about manifest destiny and it just sort of lays the groundwork for how we feel as a country ideologically we're comfortable with treading on other people's rights. Manifest Destiny is really about stepping on the rights of Native Americans as we move west. And that just takes place on a global scale now, uh, you know, to, to Dominique's point, throughout South America, throughout Africa, throughout the Middle East, we've, we, you know, we've been playing hardball politics with, with governments and, you know, Bolton let it, let it fly.
0: Let it fly. And I also, I I believe that um, those who are fans of Trump don't mind being his sacrificial lamb either. Hey, if I got to go down to keep my Trump ship up,
1: it's all good. Alicia? Yeah, lock them all up. I was automatically concerned when I saw the handlebars mustache on this man. And he and Trump can't even decide on how they parted ways. But yes, he did admit to some criminality and he was going to say some more, but he stopped short. And we know that anybody affiliated with Trump has to be a criminal. He won't even uh, hire you or let you in the camp if you're above board. So none of this even shocked me at all. So let's move
0: into newly released footage of the Robb Elementary School mass shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas on May 24th. It shows that heavily armed officers waited over an hour to confront the shooter. What are your thoughts on uh, those officers who fail to rush to the aid of 19 children and two teachers? And we've also heard since then that parents made moves that the officers refused to in order to save their children. Dominique, you have children. You have a child.
4: Yeah, it's I mean, it's a parent's worst nightmare It is a failure, a dereliction of duty. It's not just that they were standing there, which is bad enough. You can see the the shields, you know, the weapon shields. You can see the high powered weaponry that they had at their disposal. And then you see them turning around and running away. I mean, it just doesn't get any worse than this. Um, And someone made the observation that much of this small town of Ubalde is in the employment of law enforcement there. So whether or not we can ever get a fair and full accounting of what happened, it, it's highly unlikely.
0: Yeah. Ed, you've got kids. How does this make you feel? It's
2: heartbreaking, right? I, you know, for, for any of the families that have impacted, you know, I think one, you know, just the scoop of the way the story was released, I understand that, you know, they were supposed to hold a meeting a few days later, if not this weekend, to to have the video preview to the families that that the press leaked early. Um, but to sit and watch it is just it's it's pouring salt on a wound. Um, you know, I you can't be proud as a law enforcement officer of the actions that that you saw on the screen. Um, I think every sort of Monday morning pundit has has said that they should have gone in and you see the the level of weaponry that they have. There's long guns, there's there's the shields, they've got the bulletproof vest um they should be going into the room and and when you start to think about some of the wounded that that are probably still lying um in the classroom um bleeding out
3: uh and it just you know it shouldn't have to happen that way
0: yeah dr oleka
3: something's going on here i don't know what it is i don't have any information obviously but these actions just don't make sense for law enforcement to be behaving the way that they are behaving in this particular clip the different reportings we've heard about. Uh, how some uh, folks high up didn't know the process for these types of situations. Parents were stopped, uh, as you mentioned, uh, Tammy, from going in. Uh, some members, were even members of law enforcement, some parents were, they were stopped. I don't know what has happened here, but obviously this was not what was supposed to happen. Uh, and the actions here demonstrate that I, we, need, we need more to figure out exactly why these officers didn't go in because parents are hurting, this community is hurting, and the country is too. We had a national conversation, again, about gun violence and kids dying. And if it was because that this particular law enforcement community, for whatever reason, didn't do what we all know should have been done, uh, there are going to be a lot of heads that roll uh, for their professions in this.
0: What's interesting about this to me is that uh, we do a lot of talk about maybe getting teachers' guns Uh, we talk about getting teachers guns in case this should happen. If law enforcement themselves don't know how to respond to such situations, how do we anticipate that a teacher would know how to respond in a situation like this?
1: And I mean, law enforcement with
0: heavy artillery, Alicia.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Tammy, this should end the That nobody should ever utter the words armed teachers after seeing what happened in Uvalde. And this is so sad. The footage is absolutely painful to even watch. You know, you just feel for the kids, you feel for the teachers, you feel for the parents, you feel for everybody. and You know that this was not necessary. This is why. If you're going to change anything, they should make sure that you have to be at least 21 before you can get an assault rifle. I don't see why assault rifles are necessary at all, but that's a policy change that would have changed the outcome of this situation.
4: And it's worth noting that there were five different police agencies on the ground there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Officer Ruben Ruiz, the officer caught on his phone, was actually checking his cell phone after his wife, teacher Eva Morales, contacted him to say she had been shot and was dying. Now, another interesting tidbit to this is that the officer actually tried to go in. They pushed him away, sent him back outside and took his uh, and, and took his guns.
3: See, this is what I'm talking about, Tammy Mack, because listen to what you just said. There was a trained law enforcement officer who got a text message from his wife who was shot in the school that he was in. And for whatever reason, he wasn't allowed to go in to prevent further carnage. It, this, something else is afoot here. I, again, I don't know what it is, but we need to figure out why this man will stop from doing his job and saving his family.
0: We'll be right Another back. Another thing to point He's out, out is... Oh. Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. We'll be back. Thank you for watching Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. Now, the Uvalde, Texas tragedy has no doubt left us all in a state of fear, confusion, and sadness. Life is full of twists and turns, stress, changes, grief, moments of growth, and moments where we feel like we're taking a few steps back. And it's important to show up for yourself through all the struggles that life can bring. Better help. That's H-E-L-P, online therapy, is here for those twists and turns and will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. If you're like me, you need someone to talk to. Times have been tough. Pandemics, viruses, inflation, quarantines. The last three years have not been paradise, y'all, for any of us. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online and the service is available for clients worldwide. And you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule a weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. Yes, that's what we need. So, look, BetterHelp, that's H E L P, is a great way to show up for yourself and invest in your well being because, well, you deserve some inner peace. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp, that's H E L P dot com slash B O B B. That's better H E L P. And join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And I have a special offer just for my viewers. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P dot slash B-O-B-B. Back to more business of being Black with Tammy. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today are the political and trending highlights of the week with my Friday co-host, Dr. Oleka is on board, Ed Sanders, Dominique Deprima and Alicia Cooper is here with us as well. Did all of that without the teleprompter, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get down to the Business of Being Black. WNBA player Brittany Griner's hearing that happened in a courtroom outside Moscow ended Thursday without... A verdict. Griner was arrested in Moscow in February for possessing uh, hashish oil in her luggage. Um, Griner admitted guilt at her last hearing, but told the court that she had not intended to commit a crime. She faces a possible ten-year sentence, and Griner's next hearing is on July 26. Do you think that Griner is being used as a political pawn by Russia's leader? And is President Biden doing enough to secure her safe return? Uh, The U.S. classifies Griner as wrongfully detained. So what do we feel here? Um, And I have to say, uh, Brittany Griner is getting much more attention now than she ever has. So I'm happy that um, we're bringing more attention to Brittany Griner. There was one point when only the business of Black was talking about um, her being held in in Moscow at all. Dominique?
4: Yeah, it's been troubling. I think you, Tammy Mack, and lots of Black women, actually, that letter signed by dozens of high-powered Black women and delivered to the Biden White House, seemed to have prompted the call uh, to Brittany Griner's wife. I think, you know, it's troubling. The Russian system, 99% of the people are convicted. And even though she confessed, the trial continues. Uh, We've seen testimony from her team coach there in Russia about what a great teammate she was. They've introduced evidence that she had a doctor's note to use cannabis for pain. And, um, you know, all of this, I think, is meant to move the trial forward because Russian authorities have uh, have stated that they won't be making any deals until the trial is complete. So it's very troubling. And I think you're right, Tammy, we have to keep speaking out about it.
0: Dr. Oleka?
3: Well, I, I think that you're right, that it is likely that Brittany Griner is being used as a pawn in this from Russia because of the United States support for Ukraine in their war. I think it's This is one of those awful situations where you have regular everyday citizens. And I recognize Brittany Griner as a celebrity, uh, an elite athlete, but in this case, she's a regular everyday citizen who was going over there uh, to just live her life uh, for the time being. And now she's caught up in this incident. Uh, I really hope that this gets resolved soon. Uh, Like Dominique, I am concerned about having an American citizen too long in the Russian system. Uh, Wacky things happen over there with how they do their laws and how people end up missing or getting hurt. Uh, So I'm very concerned about
1: this and hope it gets resolved quickly.
0: Indeed, Alicia?
1: Yeah, the producer and business person in me wants to know why didn't her team handle this ahead of time? If they knew that she had a medical issue and she has a note from her doctor and she needs this cannabis, I feel like some stuff should have been done ahead of time to get her approved for possibly having it there. And if they couldn't approve it, she can't play there. You know, but I've seen Locked Up Abroad and I'm not doing anything in anybody else's country after watching one episode of that show. So I just feel sorry for her. But if she had an issue and, and Russia was going to jail her for her issue, that's not a place she should have ever gone over there to play basketball because it was too risky. Yeah, Ed.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I look at it from an accountability standpoint. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm, I I support the administration. I, I disagreed with the, the sort of the early thought that we shouldn't talk about Brittany Griner. It, it could put her at risk. Um, I think what we're clearly seeing is that if we don't put pressure on the situation, meaning um, calling out the, the uh, even our president for, for not getting this resolved, that it, it would linger. It, and, and, you know, I got to tip my hat to you and others, Tammy, Mac, Dominique, for, for keeping Brittany Griner at the forefront here. Um, you know, much like we were, uh, well, we were starting to talk about the Uvalde officers a, a moment ago, and accountability is, is really what's at key there. All of those officers should have been summarily fired, like this, th- that should have been yeah. like the very next day. And in this case with with Brittany Griner, we need to see some results and, and to try to keep it quiet for a little bit and try to work through it. Uh, you know, I'm glad that we're calling attention to this because we need some accountability
0: on this. I feel like if Joe Biden ever uh, can come to the aid or rescue of anybody black, he should be rushing. He should be rushing. He should be. Anytime something going on with black people, Joe Biden should be like flash lightning. He should be on the spot, Joe, just for simply saying you ain't black if you didn't vote for me. If that's the case, if that's what we're going to roll with, then let's roll with it, Joe. You got to you got to get her out of there. Speaking on Brittany Griner, uh, on an upcoming episode of LeBron James' show, The Shop, uh, uninterrupted, he speaks about Griner and America having her back. We have a clip. Take a look at this.
2: Brittany Griner, she is in Russia. She's been there over 110 days. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America?
0: Well, yeah, we, we do. Yeah. We want to go back to America. We do want to do that, LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Make no mistake about it, bro. Bron, Bron. We want to (laughs) go back home. Uh, His comments sparked outrage about his uh, patriotism for America. Does LeBron, who is now a billionaire have a point? Yeah, absolutely. does. And, and,
2: and, you know, there's, You know, we try to hold people to sort of this blind patriotism thing, you know, like you you can't speak ill of the country and there's nothing wrong with criticizing this country that, you know, the, the bedrock of this country is the freedom of the press, the freedom of speech that is so that you can voice criticisms. Um, I think what, what LeBron is voicing is what a lot of us feel that, you know, as African-Americans, are we truly treated as, as equals in this country? And when you get an open display, at, uh, certainly in Brittany Grimes case here, um, you know, she should question, you know, did this country have her back? Um, we know that the, the 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 team on this call on this on this show have her back. But you have to ask the question whether the majority of Americans have been supportive of her.
0: Yeah. And it's what was interesting to me is that Brittany Griner said that this was the first time that she'd ever voted. And she's what, this 30 something years old? This is the first time that she'd ever yeah, that- voted and she voted for Joe Biden, Dominique.
4: Yeah, it is interesting, and I do think the Biden administration is working behind the scenes. I think there's a lot of things going on that we don't see, but I agree with you, Tammy Mack. You said you got our back, so we are going to expect you to have our back because trust and believe you would not be president if it wasn't for Black America. As to LeBron, I think a lot of the people that are criticizing him already had their panties in a bunch because LeBron James has come out as somewhat of a social justice activist, putting his money, his investments, and his brand behind pro-Black progressive causes. So they would have been mad no matter what he said. I think they jumped on the opportunity. There is such a thing as a progressive patriot. I'm one. I love my country. So I want it to live up to all that it says that it is.
0: Well, I'd like to think I'm one too, Definitely a progressive patriot, but um, I, I'm beginning to, and I know you, you might, y'all might get a little upset with me on this mm-hmm. one, but I'm beginning to view LeBron James as a Muhammad Ali
3: in some sense, Doctor Oleka? Well, uh, as the resident Kentuckian uh, in this conversation, <laughs> exactly. I don't think I can. Could- I can't quite put LeBron James with Muhammad Ali for a number of different reasons. Look, it's one thing to be a patriot and to be critical of your country. I think in order to be a patriot, you have to be involved, you have to be active, you have to be civically engaged. LeBron James certainly does all of those things. Uh, I wish uh, that he would have said something a bit different in this instance. Looking at these comments specifically, as you already mentioned, obviously we want Brittany Griner to come home. I don't think she's going to leave Russia uh, in large part because the American government helped her and say, well, now, now let me go to France or Italy or some other country. She will want to come home with her friends and her family because she's an American. And to everyone's point, we ought to value her and treat her equally across the board as we should all Americans. The other aspect of this, though, uh, in terms of his patriotism and whether or not he's questioning his country, I, I have great concern with somebody who quite literally is a billionaire because of the American system All of a sudden, having all these comments and rejections of it when it is by definition the reason why you are wealthy. LeBron James is an individual who has incredible talent, incredible basketball talent, incredible business savvy. He is an entertainer and entrepreneur. All of those things collectively, because he was born in these United States, this is why he is a billionaire and can do all of the things that he is doing. This country is the reason why he is great. He is great, and that's the reason why this country is great, those things should go together, and LeBron James, I think, should be celebrating those things and want to bring Brittany Griner home so that so chic, too can celebrate in the American experiment.
4: So if LeBron was born in yeah. Nigeria, he wouldn't be great? Like, that doesn't make sense. When no, do it, well, it does I, make sense. I, I what I'm say saying it, is
3: that because I, LeBron James was born in the United States, born in Ohio, he played basketball in the National Basketball Association, yeah, which is popular because of the United States and because of the endorsements that he got because of companies in the United States like Nike, he is now a billionaire because he's involved in Hollywood, which I think is located in the United States. He now has significant wealth. So when you talk about the United States government, the American government and the American people and whether or not we care a whole lot about our citizens, you would do well to remember it is because of this American experiment that you are wealthy. That's what I'm saying.
0: And it's well, I don't think a- that LeBron James, I don't think that LeBron James owes America a false narrative. I don't think he owes America that because he's a billionaire. I don't think he owes America anything because he's a billionaire. That's the way America is set up. It's set up by the people, for the people. This is where you could come for the opportunity to become who or whatever you'd like to become. It doesn't mean that it is a country without fault. And it doesn't mean that it is a country that he can't use his constitutional rights to speak out about. Uh, His money speaks for itself. So he doesn't have to go around saying how rich and wealthy he is because of America. But what he does have to say, because his money and his wealth can pull the wool over people's eyes, and 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 show America in a way that maybe you don't really see the deep roots of what it really is in its racism towards black people. And LeBron James has experienced that and he has talked about those experiences. And for him to pretend like they don't exist because he's a billionaire is asinine to me. It's actually a false narrative that we shouldn't have. Listen. I believe that I'm on the radio and I'm on television and I have all of this, these gifts of gab because of my father, but my father has also had some, some, some addiction problems. So what am I, because I was born, I am not allowed to understand the flaws of my father, as well as the greatness of my father. I, I don't I don't I don't think that that has anything to do him being a billionaire has nothing to do with the problems that he has with America. But what it does have to do is that because he's a billionaire and because this is a capitalist country, we listen to people with money and we put our foots and our necks on people without it. So he is the one who should rightfully speak out about what is wrong right. in this
1: yeah. country. The narrative itself LeBron. is only Be- something
2: that gets pushed upon black Americans and other minorities that, you know, it's it, it, it's it's echoing the, the shut up and play basketball comments, you know, that and sort of takes away LeBron's actual voice. I mean, what what he's actually talking about and what's what's fairly common is you see a lot of athletes growing up in in, uh, in the United States, going abroad, playing sports and settling in Europe. And it goes kind of back to, you remember, sort of post-World War I, where you had African-American soldiers that fought for this country, but decided to settle in Europe because, you know, they were treated more as equals. It, it goes along those lines. and that And, you know, he should be very yeah. comfortable in saying something like that
0: yeah, my problem and, is people, and. my problem Hold that thought, Alicia. My problem is uh, with those who say, "You're rich, you have no business speaking out. Look at you. Like I, I, I resent when specifically white people say, "Well, you're a football player. I mean, come on. Look at what we did for you." It's it's just ridiculous. It's asinine to me to, to put to, to put and, a, a, a muzzle on someone because they benefited from the country that they have a right to benefit from. Let's take a quick and the country. We'll the come world. right back. They're great. We'll come right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack and uh, my co-hosts were getting on me. Off the break, because they didn't want to embarrass me on the air, live, uh, to my comparison of LeBron James to Muhammad Ali. Listen, I said what I said. I said what I said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Alicia, go ahead. Yeah, and and anyway, because LeBron James is a billionaire, he can't criticize his country. Because he made a billion dollars, the people who are his bosses have made a $100 And LeBron James has beaten the odds. And we know what that means. As a black man growing up in America, he had odds to beat. And it annoys me when people say that he shouldn't speak out because he's a billionaire. They, they, to Ed's point, they never say that to Laura Ingram. She's rich, white, and sitting there on Fox News complaining all night, every night. Nobody ever tells Laura Ingram, you made money in America, Laura. Shut your pie hole. They only reserve that for black people. And I'm glad that he's using his platform to speak up because a lot of rich people don't. And I want to say one more thing about the Brittany Griner situation when she admitted that this was the first time she voted. I have to be honest, that annoyed me because anybody who could have voted in 2016 and didn't vote, I say, y'all, Trump won by slim margins in the states that he won in, which caused him to uh, win the Electoral College. And I got to tell you, when people tell me they didn't vote in 2016, it, it, it boils me. Are you boiled right
0: now? I'm boiled. I'm boiled
1: like (laughs) a lobster.
0: (laughs) Civil rights activist, presidential advisor, and philanthropist Mary McLeod Bethune is the first Black American to be featured in the National Statuary Hall collection. According to the Washington Post, the 11-foot-tall marble statue of Bethune replaced the statue of Confederate General Edmund Kirby Smith. This is a historical moment. We're happy about that. Um, I want to ask a question here. Uh, When we remove these Confederate statues, do they have to be replaced by black people? (laughs) Yes,
4: (laughs) absolutely. I was trying to figure out, like,
0: aren't there some good white people in this world? Like, do do they have to be replaced? Who the the heck was Edmund?
1: Edmund Kirby Smith? Let's start there. The most mediocre white people getting statues. I ain't never heard of no Edmund Kirby Smith. They knock his behind on the ground. He should have never had a thing on statue to begin with. It's our time. I want all black people up there. <laughs> I, want, I, I want everybody black. Like I like Issa Rae said, we rooting for everybody black right now to get these statues. Go ahead, Mary McLeod Bethune. It's long overdue.
0: Okay. Well she, okay, go ahead, Dr. Olayka.
3: Well, I mean, I'm not a fan of having Confederates anywhere in the U.S. Capitol. If you were a general or a leader in the Confederacy, by definition, you were a traitor. So you should not be heralded in any way uh, in the American Capitol or in Washington, D.C. Now, a lot of these, if this is the area in uh, the Capitol that I'm thinking, I think states get to make this decision. Uh, So it's good uh, that the state made the decision to put uh, Mary McLeod Bethune up there. She was, again, an advisor to both Republican and Democrat presidents. She was an advocate for the uplift of Black folks in the 20th century, which is fantastic. I think this is a good thing.
0: All right. All right, Dr. Rowlett.
2: Yeah, too. I do too. And to, to your question about should they be African-Americans replacing them? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think you kind of got to step back and think about how those statues came to be in the first place. A lot of them came, you know, sort of post-World War I. I was talking about the, the African-American soldiers fighting in Europe and coming home. When they got home, a lot of the Southern states really took actions to try to put Jim Crow back in in, in, in order. And one of those actions was lifting up the lifestyle and the and and heralding uh confederates and and so i think even with this statue you see that it came shortly after world war one when it was donated to to the the museum um so it makes sense to to wipe it clean and and then replace it with african americans
4: well i'm just
0: asking like all of them though all of them i'm fine with it yeah
4: we need you know representation matters tammy But I think in this particular case, it's very poignant because you're taking down a Confederate general and replacing it with a woman whose parents were enslaved. Her parents, not her grandparents, not her great-great-grandparents, her parents were enslaved descendants of Africans. She rose to be an advisor to presidents, one of the leading uh, educators in our country and and just a towering figure. So for me, there's poetic justice in that. And it tells the real story that we don't tell enough about the power, the incredible rise and resilience of Black Americans to go in one generation from enslavement to White House presidential advisor is really stunning if you think about
0: it. It is absolutely stunning and we love it. um, So let's go to something. I'm, I'm ready to find out if you guys like this challenge or don't like this challenge. I am eager to hear how you feel about this one. Parents across the country are taking part in the Put Your Shoes On Challenge. It's a challenge where parents ask their children to put their shoes on because, you know, some... Other parents, they're about to fight and they have a child their age. And if the child jumps in, they're going to have to jump in. Now, we've seen a multitude of responses from uh, the children. Most of the children putting their shoes on going, let's go, let's get it. And then some crying in tears, being traumatized, going, I don't want to fight. So how do we feel about this? Check this clip out.
1: And if our daughter jumps in, I need you to
4: handle her daughter. Let's go. Put your shoes on. I
0: don't
4: say that, Sonali, I need you to go put your shoes on right now. Why? Because I'm about to go fight somebody and I need you to fight their daughter if I'm fighting somebody. Put your shoes on now. Why? Because I'm going to go fight this girl and if her son comes out, I need you to fight him. Okay. Well,
0: yeah. uh Charlemagne the God said, I can't even believe we're entertaining this conversation I don't like it I don't like people laughing at their kids pain traumatizing those kids for likes and repost I hate it you got kids crying on the internet scared to death because you want to go viral I think it's whack I don't like it at all what are your thoughts about the put your shoes on challenge dr o
3: Uh, I don't think anybody will be surprised to know that I do not like this challenge. I think that this is stupidity. I think this is bad parenting, and I think it's a bad example of what to do in these situations. People may laugh, they may think it's fun and games. When you get a child to commit to fighting someone for no other reason, other than the fact that you said, we now have to do it, that's a terrible mentality to put inside a child's mind. As we saw, there are some confused looks, there are some kids who just did whatever this is not a good thing. Imagine if this happened at school. They're in sixth grade, some eighth grader that they think is cool says, let's go fight these kids. They're going to respond the same way. That's a real situation. It's funny when it's on TikTok. It's funny when it's your kid and you can say, oh, I'm just playing. But the fact that they responded so readily, so immediately to just be violent, because somebody older that they looked up to said that they should is a problem. And as a parent, you should be concerned that that's how they reacted and you should be even more concerned that this is what you want to subject your kids to.
0: Mm, Harsh words from Dr. Oleka. Dominique?
4: I actually agree with Dr. Olenka. The reason I was laughing is because that last kid was so nonchalant. Okay, let's go. Let's kick some butt. But I mean, if there's there's so much more to this too, like the unintended consequences. So you've told your child, we're going to go beat someone up. What happens when there's a fire and you say, come on, we got to go. They're going to think it's the it's a fire challenge and they're not going to listen to you, right? There's that. There's the trauma. There's the fact that you don't even know how this child receives this. Um, and And... And what it will do to the relationship and the trust between you and them. There's just so many things wrong with this. You're manipulating your child uh, for entertainment. You're belittling them. You're putting something, you're lying to them. You're putting something in their mind that is, doesn't need to be there. I mean, it's all bad. I agree with Charlemagne. I agree with Dr. Aleka, but kids crack me up.
0: (laughs) Those responses are uh, rather hilarious. (laughs) Alicia, you're the comedian here. What's your take? Yeah, they done
1: sucked all the fun out the challenge. At the end of the day, this let this let you know if your child is an alpha or a beta. We need to know when the when the war hits, who's ready to go. Who ready to go? That's what I need to know. Who ready to go? And this challenge lets you know which one of your kids is ready to go. Ready to which one you should take down there to the penitentiary? Like, go where?
3: <laughs> Thank you, Dominique. Thank you. Ready to
1: go for the fight. And, and if you ain't ready to go, I'm telling you, you, you getting adopted. You said, <laughs> if I asked you we get ready to fight, you going to sit up there and act crazy. It's time to go. And I need to know where my soldiers are. And that, that's at the end of the day. This was a challenge. These kids ain't going to need therapy for this 30-second challenge. They told them it was a joke at the end. And be all, when we were coming up, we had actual bullies that we actually had to go fight. And we are fine. <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. I'm all
0: right. I live. Oh, no, I, I, according to this new generation, we are not fine. We are not fine, Alicia. It's something oh. wrong with us.
2: There's nothing wrong with us. There's nothing wrong with us. Yeah, I mean, look, I I'm an older brother. Uh, you know, I've got two kids. I, you know, if 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 one of my ch- children had to get into a fight, I would hope the other would be there. I I was always taught if if my younger brother was going to get in a fight, I better be there to back him up. I don't see anything different than that, you know. You know, obviously, you don't want to go out and provoke your kid into fighting, you know, uh, a lying unnecessary.
4: To your kid life, but it's not the same as getting your brother's back or even your mom's back in a real life situation. Of course, you're going to do that. You're lying to your kid to make an amusing video.
2: Yeah, but I mean, but it's, because it's, because it's a kid joke, it, and and this I'm is, all right. This with
4: is that. The
0: but that that the we're in. and yeah,
2: I think what was yeah, covered this was this whether is, or not. Hold
0: that thought, Alicia. Hold that thought, Alicia. Go ahead, Ed.
2: Yeah, I was just saying, it, it, you know, to to OJ's point, it, the the question of whether you should be talking about violence with your kid, uh, I don't see it as that. You know, it, it was a joke. So,
1: Alicia, yeah, the kids get what it is. At these parents, they probably have that kind of relationship with their kids already. I don't think that this is a one off, and these kids are so shocked, they probably go, "Oh my, you a trip." You still tripping? Like they know what kind of parent they are dealing with. And as soon as the uh, the challenge was over, they told me it was a joke. So it was it was immediate that they told them. And I understand you're like, oh, it was a lie. It was a very brief lie and a joke. And I think everybody can get what it is. I think the kids that didn't want to fight was just relieved. <laughs> <laughs> and the the kids that did want to fight was mad because they was ready to cuss. I was
0: ready to go, Mom. What? 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 <laughs> I mean, it, it, well, I don't understand. So we're not allowed to prank our kids at all. I know families who, you know, they live on pranks. They thrive on on pranks. It, they just don't put them on camera and, until now, obviously.
1: Well, it depends what the prank also, is. also, Tammy, also, Tammy, sometimes the kids prank the parents. It depends yeah. on your
0: household. Yeah. Yeah, it depends on the household for sure. I, I like a good prank, a, a fun prank. I don't know. This one time my co-host pranked me to think that I had won a role in the Rosa Parks movie alongside Angela Bassett by calling me as a casting director. That was not a good prank for me. That was not a good prank. I hold hold on to that to this day. I thought I was going to be the person behind Angela Bassett as she played Rosa Parks sitting in the seat. That was cold. That was just cold. Um, I want to end the week on a good note. Speaking of acting, blackish actress and the mother of Hollywood, Jennifer Lewis got her flowers today by being honored with the two thousand seven hundred twenty six star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So congratulations to Jennifer Lewis. If anyone deserves a star, she is long overdue. So congratulations, Jennifer Lewis. That's the business of being black with Tammy Mac. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Dr. Oleka. Thank you, Dominique Prima, and Alicia Cooper. You go ahead and get on that Alaskan cruise, girl. Cruise on off from us. (laughs) Until next time, everybody, it's a blessing to be in your box.
4: Bye, y'all. At Target, everyone can find the beauty products that work for them at affordable prices. Target carries an extensive range of BIPOC-owned and founded beauty and skincare products, such as Thread Beauty, Shea Moisture, Naturium, and Hero. All of these products are available at everyday low prices, meaning you never have to compromise who you are and what's important to you when you shop. Inclusive BIPOC-owned beauty products for everyone, available at Target. Head to your local Target or visit Target.com.
2: Progressive presents. Don't do it yourself.
1: Okay, simple enough. Just gotta get in there with my screwdriver. Do you mind handing me my screwdriver?
4: Are you trying to say screwdriver?
1: Well, I mean you're saying it weird, but yeah, sure.
4: Look, maybe we should bundle our home and auto with progressive. We could save big and pay someone to install this for us so you don't have to pretend you can.
1: <laughs> I know my way
3: around a screwdriver. Oh yeah. This is gonna take a Philippe's head for sure. Save when bundling home and auto with
2: progressive and use the money to, you know, not do-it-yourself. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.